0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, age various by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to Acme Packing Company's Repack. Um, I'm Justice Moscada. I'm here with the uh the infamous
2: uh <laughs> Evan Evan Tex Western. Say what some people text. Hey, how we doing tonight? Feeling good after a a relatively comfortable-ish win today. Right.
1: 27-17. Green Bay Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. If if last week, right, was the team win that, you know, everyone on the coaching staff, every one of the players tweeted out, you know, said team win after last week. This is like the antithesis of a team win. (laughs) It's like you really didn't have to do that much to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I guess it's a nice sign that you know, they were kind of able to coast
2: to this win. Agreed. Yeah. It it never felt um it, it never felt like it was in danger, even when Pittsburgh scored that late touchdown to get back within about 10 points. Uh it, it just always felt like this game was in hand and that, that Green Bay was fully in control. Well, when
1: when did you get a tune into the game? Oh my right? God. Because <laughs> I know the situation <sighs> that I was in, it, it wasn't even supposed to be that Titans-Jets game on uh, CBS in, in yep. my area. I'm in the Northwest. But we ended up getting that for, like, the. whole it seemed like the whole first quarter of the Packers game because overtime just took so damn long. It wasn't even just that it wasn't overtime. It was all the clock stoppages, yep. all the possession changes, all the reviews, everything. And then at the end, you thought the Jets were going to end up, you know, winning with a touchdown in overtime. Zach Wilson scrambles on third down and you're like, oh no, the Titans are going to get a possession. This is just going to keep going.
2: I was, I was screaming at the TV when, when that the whole sequence was going on. Um, I was in the same boat as you. Um, it was, we had the, the Vikings Browns game on locally here in Ohio, which makes sense. And then they cut over to, to Jets Titans for overtime. I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe the Titans will win the toss and, and they'll drive down and get a quick touchdown and we'll be okay. Um, or, you know, I, I'm in AFC North territory here, right? I, I'm, I'm pretty much equidistant between Browns and Bengals fans, and I figured, okay, they'll cut away to get to, you know, the other AFC North team that's playing today. Nope. We got the whole overtime and, and man, CBS, the, the rules on broadcasting these days because you couldn't even, if you had Sunday ticket and you were supposed to get Packers-Steelers locally – You couldn't pull it up on Sunday ticket because of blackout rules. Um, The only way I did find that I was able to pull it up on the NFL app on my phone. So I at least was able to to catch most of that first quarter. Not that there was much, you know, exciting going on and it flew by. I think it took like 28 minutes or something like that because they didn't have any commercial breaks because nobody was watching. So count yourselves lucky. If you were in the Wisconsin or Pittsburgh markets and actually, you know, that and CBS actually cut away from that horrendous uh, <laughs> overtime sequence to get you to, to the Packers game on time because most of us didn't, and it sucked. Yeah, I think I tuned in right for that uh,
1: that free play that they threw at Jair. I think for yep. I think it was a touchdown. Um, so that's kind of where it started. So I don't know what happened like the first two drives of the game or whatever, but mm-hmm. from there on out, I was able to catch it. Um, I guess just general impressions of this game. Um, what do you come away kind of
2: thinking? Yeah, I think um, I, Randall Cobb is the big feel-good story, I think. Um, obviously, he had a big game. Um, big one for me is the Packers' efficiency on third downs. I think they were 9 out of 15 uh, on offense. And I'm not sure what they were on defense, but it felt like they did a really good job holding uh, Pittsburgh to, to to few conversions on third and fourth downs, too. So, yeah. Um, you know, some missed opportunities in the red zone that ended with some field goals, um, some weird calls that went both ways again. But, you know, overall I think it it felt again like a game that the Packers had comfortably in hand the whole way. I never really felt like it was it was getting concerning. Um, and you know, I think you saw some good things on, you know, in all three phases of the game and some things that were a little concerning on all three phases that uh, need to get cleaned up before the Packers go into the the really tough midseason stretch that they've got coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: Right, it's like they have the Bengals next week, and then you you, you have to be fully loaded. Now yep. it's like we get we get one more warm up. Um, okay. Kevin King was out concussion. Elton Jenkins out with that ankle. Uh, Chris Barnes I thought was a little bit surprising because it seemed like he was advancing pretty quick through concussion protocol. Um, but he was out at inside linebacker. So Eric, Stoke, uh, Eric Stokes, Josh Nyman, and Ty Summers ended up getting the starts out there um, for, for the majority of the game, at least. And then, you know, MVS out, uh, Equinemius, St. Brown moved up. But he wasn't technically on the 53, right? He was moved up yep. from the yeah. practice squad. So he's technically still not like an active roster player on paper.
2: Right and they importantly they actually used the covid designation on him because of Tyler Lancaster being out on the covid list mm-hmm. so normally right now the the way they've done it the last 2 years is you a practice squad player can be elevated a maximum of twice before you have to promote him to the 53 man roster but covid elevations don't count towards that that Two elevation limit, so the Packers could theoretically bring him up again next week without having to sign him to the fifty three. But if they wanted to do it one more game after that, they would have to to sign him on. So he'll revert back to the practice squad tomorrow. It's it's these roster rules with the COVID stuff are, are really interesting, and they're you know they, they've offered so much more flexibility for teams, and I just wonder how some of the players feel about it. <laughs> because,
1: well, I'm sure St. Brown wants to make game checks every week.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's what well, and that, that was what I was wondering too. Does he get like a full like league minimum salary game check or does he get a practice squad week game check for this? I don't know how that works. Um I'm I'm sure I'm the week curious. of he gets
1: it, but I would he, hope so he's, he's been elevated twice I mean he was elevated for the Lions game too. But yep. I mean like you said in, in normal years this wouldn't be the normal type of situation for that guy to to stick around. They probably would have, you know, short term IR'd someone and then moved him up or you know something like that right um yeah especially with shorter practice squads and all that uh Vernon Scott active i don't know how much uh he actually got into the game i saw um Henry Black was was playing some um so that'll be interesting to check out i can't remember if someone uh said that Vernon Scott was playing in the box um like that Adrian Amos role for for the dime stuff or if i just
2: imagined that i, I know i saw black doing that a little bit playing that kind of dime lineba- linebacker look um I'm not sure. I I didn't remember seeing 36 out there at all. So we'll we'll have to see tomorrow morning. Yep. Um. Early on, so let's talk about
1: injuries. Uh. Real quick. So Preston Smith yeah. had a shoulder. He ended up coming back. Um. That was like right when I tuned in. I think he got hurt like right before before I, I uh, ended up getting the stream of the game. And then the other big one, uh, Jair Alexander shoulder injury. Matt Lafleur after the game said you know he didn't really have any updates. It seems like they're gonna, um get more information on that tomorrow. Uh, but for the uh, Twitter doctors, the Twitter sleuths uh, say it's <laughs> probably like a, you know, like a six week injury. So that's probably not the best thing that you want to hear.
2: Not great. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if it's an AC joint sprain, which is what I've been seeing a lot of speculation about, that's, you know, depending on the severity of the sprain, that could be anywhere between, you know, a week or two to you know six or eight weeks. I know a lot. I was worried that it was a, a broken collarbone or something along those lines. Um, doesn't sound like that's the issue, but again, uh, Lafleur hasn't confirmed anything. I imagine we won't find anything out until Monday morning. So that'll be disconcerting, no matter what. Um, if he's going to have to miss time, because Cincinnati's got some some solid receivers on their offense. Um, I'm not so worried about the Bears the following week, but then you got Terry McLaurin coming in. Uh, three weeks from now for Washington. And yeah, we'll see what, uh, what the Packers up have up their sleeve uh, besides just Eric Stokes on the other side. That uh, Yadam, I thought he did. Okay. Um, He wasn't, he wasn't
1: doing great. It was actually pretty hard to get a gauge of like how well these corners are playing just because of how the Steelers offense is kind of structured. Um, It's so much quick game stuff that if you're not going to get up there, press and play man, which you know, you can get burned and I I get why you wouldn't want to do that with backup cornerbacks in, then they're just going to kind of pick you apart a little bit with like quick game, short stuff, just straight out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands. So, you know, he allowed some slants, but he's playing zone coverage. Like you can't necessarily, you can't have it both ways, you know, on those type of things. So they gave up what they were supposed to give up. They rallied and tackled. Um, I know they got picked apart. A little bit. I mean, uh, the Jair play, right? They went at him yep. a couple of times and then, you know, Stokes was a little bit iffier um, than, than he's shown, uh, you know, in September. But I thought he did pretty solid. He had that interception at the end of the game, too, which whatever was... it was, it was kind of a pressure situation. You know, you're going to get forced balls into the coverage, but I thought it was a pretty solid game considering it's, you know, cornerback four and cornerback three out there.
2: Yeah, for sure, and and by the time Yadam came in after the Alexander injury, it was already a seventeen point game. So at that point, you you know you're late in the third quarter. You're you're going to play off coverage with those guys and, and take away the deep ball anyway. So to your, I agree. I don't know that you can take a whole lot away from from his game um, with Stokes. I was a little surprised they did so much of that early, having him play play so far off. Um, I think they after they. Gave up a couple of uh, underneath completions to his side. They they had him playing a little tighter. It seemed like through kind of the middle part of the game until um, until the Packers got up by a couple possessions. Um, but you know, y- again, he he showed a little of the you know rookie inconsistency that you would expect with a, a pass interference penalty near the end zone um, and and giving up a couple of those completions. But I thought it was a really nice play in the ball on his uh, his interception. Um, yeah, he was. You know, Ben was thrown into a tight window, but um, he did a nice job bringing it in um, and and shutting the door on him. So so that was good to see. Um, hopefully that'll be a nice little boost for him moving forward, because it looks like he's going to have to be the guy for at least a couple weeks. You know, we'll see when when Kevin King comes back. Um, but you're you're looking now at probably Stokes and King on the outside for for a couple of weeks at least.
1: Yeah. And it'll be interesting, too, to see who plays left corner just because yeah. both of those guys, King and. Um, Stokes have been getting reps almost exclusively at right corner, even in the preseason. So it'll be interesting to see who has to like completely flip their footwork or, you know, maybe they even go to Yadam. I mean, who who knows at this mm-hmm. point? Um, I don't, I don't think anyone knows necessarily kind of how Kevin King's season is going to play out in terms of playing time, uh, elsewhere on the defense, Kiki, Kin- Kiki Kingsley, uh, sack fumble with, uh, Kenny Clark. That was nice to see. That uh, Dean was, Lowry was didn't great. go against Brunskill, so he didn't have the game that he had <laughs> last week. Um, but Kiki was getting off the ball a little bit, and this was probably the best game that he's played this season. So as it se- just seems like, hey, two of the interior defensive linemen need to have a good game, and one yep. of them is probably going to be Kenny Clark. So as long as one of them, other than Kenny Clark, does solid, it, it seems like the Packers are pretty much going to win. You know, in the ground game.
2: Agreed. Yeah, and and Kenny had another great game today. Um... He recovered he ended up recovering that fumble to your point. He had a couple of um you know big plays that ended ended up in tackles for loss. And um yeah, he was he was a force once again as as usual. Um but it was nice to see Kiki finally have a splash play. Um since he you know he hadn't really had anything since um you know since late last season. Um so to your yeah, I completely agree. If one of those other guys can step up in a given game, that's gonna be um be a big boost for, for this team. I did think it was interesting. We saw a little bit, I think it was, was Preston Smith playing a little bit of the Rover Zadarius Smith role today. I think I, I saw there was some, some play either here, here, Gary, I want to say I, I saw both lined up over the a gap on a couple of occasions, um, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle that uh, that Joe Barry threw out there today too.
1: Yeah. Rashawn did that real early on um, mm. in the game. The the problem with Rashawn, right? It's the same thing we keep talking about. Where he's a very explosive, linear athlete. The problem is when you get him to change direction, a lot of people can beat him to an edge, right? So he's lining up on the center. He gets in the backfield, and then the running back just kind of like runs past him. And you're like, "Dang yep. it, dang it! I wish I wish that three cone was just a little bit better, bud." But oh, it happens. Um. We're lucky that we got Ben Roethlisberger. He looks yes. <laughs> very washed. I mean, we talked about it on uh, the preview podcast, or at least I did with uh, Sam Schwartzstein. You know, I really do think that Ben Roethlisberger at this point is kind of like late stage Eli Manning um, in terms of like where the team structure is. So, I mean, these are like the twilight years for this era of Steelers football. I just kind of think it's over um, offensively. He's checking down everything. I know uh, a guy at Next Gen Stats sent me something. And he said in the last, uh, I think it was like the last 20 years, there's only been two pla- or, or no, 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 no. This was just this, this season. Um, on fourth down teams have only thrown behind the line of scrimmage six times league wide. Ben Roethlisberger now has two of those. Um, <laughs> the second one came today again, uh, another throw behind the line of scrimmage to a running back. There was another one where it was like a fourth and four and he threw like a one yard route. And then, uh, Deontay Johnson try to like extend, or it might have been Juju try to extend yep. it for the first down, but he was like two yards, two yards short, short. Even yeah. after the extension, <laughs> he's he's just king check down at this point. He doesn't want to throw deep. I mean, they got yep. Jair early, but outside of that, I mean, they weren't really pressing him downfield, at least not with good balls and good ball placement.
2: Yeah, they they did it did seem like he had more attempts deep than I was expecting in this game, but he what completed maybe two balls beyond about ten or fifteen yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, he, there were so many balls that that were sailing out just past the fingertips of guys like like Juju and and I think Deontay had one or two also. Um that that clip of of Smith Schuster on the uh the sideline sitting down uh where he says this is a Ben problem. Um that's that's a bad that's a bad sign for for your offense if you're a Steelers fan.
1: Yeah and they they also I mean sideline shots uh abundance of them in yep. this game uh there there were a couple times where you see ben talking to juju over james washington and james Washington's just like staring into the abyss <laughs> forward and then like juju is like shaking his head as ben is talking to
2: him so juju had the the good uh, tablet spike today too so that was yeah that was, that was fun. before
1: all this too i mean he's yeah. only getting more pissed you know as the as the game is going on frustration definitely setting setting into pittsburgh um Early on in the game, too, Aaron Rodgers tried to catch Pittsburgh subbing in uh, the red zone, (laughs) yep. and Pittsburgh had to blow a timeout, and then we had that moment where it's just like Tomlin and Rodgers just smiling at each other, being like, yeah, I'm prepared for this on both ends. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that was a fun little moment. Um and, and it's funny because again, we've talked about it all week, the fact that Rodgers hadn't played against Pittsburgh in either of the last two regular season meetings. So so the last game that he had played against him was in the Super Bowl. Um it it's just kind of funny how some of these some of these weird scheduling quirks work out, but um it, it was interesting just how prepared Tomlin was for it. But at the same time, like there, there was it just did not seem like Pittsburgh came in with a game plan that had a chance of really succeeding against Green Bay, and I don't know if that's a function of the personnel and if it's just Ben's limitations are what they are, and there's only so much you can do with them. Um, but yeah, defensively, again, you, you mentioned earlier the Packers were were rallying to the football; they were pretty good, solid tackling again. Um, I I I don't know that they were more than maybe three or four missed tackles in, in the whole game. Um, Devondra Campbell still looks really good. I think um, that that signing continues to to pay dividends for this defense uh, with his his range and uh, his sure tackling ability. So it's been fun to watch him out there. Um, and and I think that kind of helped cover up for a little bit of uh, Ty Summers's limitations uh, on the inside.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Ty Summers, to his credit, I mean, wasn't a marked man. And I think, yep. you know, coming into the game with him starting, you know, the first time this season, I, I kind of thought that that's, that was what the situation was going to be. Maybe if, uh, you know, Barnes had been ruled out, you know, earlier in the week, uh, maybe we would, we would have seen the Pittsburgh Steelers target him a little bit more, but cause he, he, he was probably the most borderline guy in terms of the mm-hmm. starters, uh, coming into this game before their enactors were announced. Um, two other things real quick before, uh, Before we get uh, to our vibe checks. Um, First, I rewatched or what one I don't I don't like that Tomlin's flirting with my quarterback. He's about (laughs) to be put on the list. I I, I don't I don't need that in my life. Roger said nice things uh, about Pittsburgh on the Pat McAfee show. And now everyone in Pittsburgh thinks that he's going to go to Pittsburgh next year. I don't enjoy it. I I don't enjoy (laughs) this like courtship it's like being on like the uh the bachelor the bachelorette right where it's like yeah hey we have a relationship going but you're having these things on the side I, it feels weird
2: yeah th- this is gonna go on all season long i feel like and it's gonna just get more annoying as as the year goes on and god forbid we have like a you know a, a playoff matchup or something against a team that's you know that needs a quarterback like if we if, if the packers end up like I don't know, playing Washington in the, you know, in the wild card game or something, something crazy like that, where, where that's going to be the whole thing, right? Oh, this is the last game, you know, Rogers, I, I don't know. The storyline is just going to go on and on and on all season long. I feel like just about every team that, that the Packers play um, that have any, any slim semblance of a connection, it's going to get brought up again. And we heard it, you know, a ton these last two weeks and I'm with you I, enough of this. I just want to enjoy the football. And, uh, you know, if this is the last ride, then just I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to be yeah, thinking let's about not where he's going to be about next the last year. ride. Let's not yeah. think about the last ride as it's happening. I don't want
1: to think <laughs> right. about the end. I just want to enjoy the journey. The there other thing go. that I was going to say before we get to our vibe checks, um, I rewatched the Super Bowl uh, going into this game this week. Mm. Ben is a very different player than he used to be, <laughs> visibly. Like, oh, yeah, in that game, there there was a there was a point where Pittsburgh legitimately ran the triple option at the goal line with Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm like, he would never do it. Holy crap. And he, you know, he's got the visor on and everything. He's a little slimmer. He's mobile. People forget like Ben was mobile. Like when he came into the league, like he could move around man. he he wasn't always, you know, this like a slogging runner.
2: Yep. Yeah. He he definitely was not a statue in the backfield. Like he, like he has become. Um, And I mean, he, with his size, I mean, he he took some some massive hits in the first maybe ten years or so of his career, and and absorbed them and and played through them. Um, I feel like right now he looks like if he takes one really big shot, he's done, and that's that's finally just going to be game over for him. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, these are the twilight years. So if you
1: <laughs> want to do the whole, you know, we're parading Ben out and we're saying goodbye this year might not be a bad bad uh, chance to do it before he ends up somewhere else or he just ends up straight up retiring. Because, yeah. I mean, he's up there in age too. I don't know if you want to go down the Phillip Rivers route and like, yeah, I'll learn a whole new scheme and move my family to a whole new city and all that. That, that <laughs> seems like a lot of effort. You could probably just pick up TV money at some point. Yeah. Um, but we'll go into our, we'll take a break and then we'll do our vibe checks.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have V-A-N-29.com.
1: And we're back. All right, let's start with the offense. Tex, vibe check. Where are you at out of
2: 10? I'm feeling like a solid, strong seven, soft eight. Um, Felt, again, Rodgers looking good, having some good chemistry with Randall Cobb coming back. Um, That was exciting. The running game, uh, Dylan looked, I thought, really good today. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, this is a, this is still a good Steelers defense, especially with all of the pass rushers they had. I know TJ Watt wasn't a hundred percent, but he was out there and, um, at least causing a little bit of trouble, even if he did get a pretty cheap sit, uh, two sack game, but yeah, no, this 27 points against a good Steelers defense. Um, the only, I mean, really one of the only issues that I had was a little bit of, um, You know, a little disappointing that they had a couple of red zone possessions that stalled out again. Um, So that'll be something that we, you know, will be I'll be interested to keep it keep track of a little bit to see how that uh, their touchdown percentage in the red zone uh, carries through this season. But no, solid, solid effort all around. So I'm I'm pretty pleased.
1: Yeah, I thought offensively, for the most part, they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. Um, The two things that I think Pittsburgh gave them issues with was one. When they had to take shots, right, it seemed like the Packers went to Tanyan over and over again. And for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers got it in his head that that Robert Tanyan is uh, Gronkowski. He's not that guy. I mean, Tanyan is clearly an NFL starter. He can clearly be very productive as a pass catcher. But you're really trying to throw to that guy in space. You're not trying to have him go vertical and you know, catch in a phone booth. He's not doing the three sixty receptions that like Devonte Adams is doing. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Yeah. I wonder if that touchdown he threw to Tunyon in the the Lions game two weeks ago is like kind of in his head that that now he thinks, oh well, I can fit I can fit something in a shoebox to to Big Bob every time. And he had one up a seam in the end zone that really I don't think there was any chance of of Tunyon getting his hands on that one there. Yeah, there were a couple of them that, that were definitely head scratchers for me. Yeah, I just think,
1: you know, MVS is going to be on IR for at least three weeks, right? So here, teams are going to make you take deep shots and you got to figure out a way to do it. The other thing was uh, Aaron Jones running. You know, it really does seem like at this point, um, Dylan is how they run inside, right? Yep. And Jones is how they run outside and, Absolutely. you know, get the ball into the flat um, in terms of the passing game. Jones really got stretched out a lot and kind of got bottled up in the backfield when he was trying to go laterally and maybe maybe that was something that the Steelers, you know, had game plan for. Um that's probably something I have a better answer for like on Wednesday when we get the all 22 and stuff, but that wasn't necessarily positive. But the running backs had like 200 combined yards total, you know, ground and air.
2: Yep. Yeah, and and while he wasn't getting it done on the gr- ground a ton, Jones had a nice Nice day of receiving. Um, I think he had like a 25-yarder um, in the passing game. Um, Dylan had a really nice uh, gain up the sideline. Nice catch and kind of tiptoeing up the sidelines. And, and yeah, it was nice to see them actually use Dylan on some of those short yardage plays that we've been calling for, you know, the last week or two. Um, because I, I feel like a lot of us were were – confused why they didn't just run it up the gut with him against San Francisco on, you know, some third and ones, fourth and ones, um, or even at the goal line. So to see them, them trot him out on, on short yardage plays um, was, was really great. And he had, yeah, he had a really, really good day. Um, So that's, that's going to be nice to, nice to see. And and it'll be interesting to see how they split up the carries moving forward. Um, I know we're early in the season and I imagine they, uh, they really wanted to share, share, split the carries between those two guys um, I still, I I'm, I, I'm a little surprised considering they got 30 carries between the two of them. I'm a little surprised they didn't try to work Kylan Hill in even just a little bit on offense, um, just to, to further share the load a little bit. But, um, again, what is, what is Amari Rogers doing that you couldn't do with <laughs> Kylan Hill? Um, so that, that's, that's the only other quibble I think that, uh, that I've got there on offense.
1: Yeah, I think this season offensively the only time that they've really used kylan hill is like split back gun stuff which for whatever reason they haven't really had to get into you know in these games um it's worth noting that you know lafleur and rogers both talked about in the post game presser about like just trusting aj dylan more and more and like uh rogers even talked about basically like when they break the huddle he's always checking with the running back making sure the running back knows what he's supposed to do and he's like, yeah, AJ Dillon's just like on it 24 7. Like he knows nice. what he's doing. It's nice to trust him. And then I think both of them said, you know, once it starts getting cold, man, like once it starts getting cold, AJ Dillon's probably going to be the dude because you're going to have to run up the middle and it just hurts more and more and more to tackle those type of guys. So I'm going to give the offense probably a seven just because I just don't think we saw a very good Steelers team today. And yeah. I don't know if we necessarily have the answers of like, hey, could this team beat a playoff caliber team if MVS is out? Like, do they have the tools? Do they know what those tools are? Can they execute that game plan? I'm, I'm not totally sold, but let's go into the defense. Um, I think at this point, the interior line, you never know really what you're going to get from those guys, but I think yeah. probably the last three weeks, three games, the interior defensive line has probably been better than the outside linebackers
2: yeah I no disagreement there, and I mean it all starts with Kenny right up front um but but again, if you can get somebody to compliment him a little bit and and at least get a little bit of a push next to him um that that really goes a long way for this unit. I think going into next week, the biggest question I have is,
1: well, I guess one Jair's health, yep. right hopefully we don't get like a a friday i r placement or anything like that yeah. that that wasn't fun. This past Friday, just dropping the news, you know. Hey, yeah. Uh, by the way, Darius Smith had back surgery, and also MVS is on IR. You know, after the workday on Friday, that that kind of sucks. You could have told that's that in the presser, Matt. Thanks for the heads up there, but yeah, nothing um, like
2: dropping bad news on a Friday afternoon. The they're worst. so
1: good at it. The NFL is so <laughs> good at it. Um, but just who who can lock up Jamar Chase? Right. That's my biggest question because I think. Uh-huh. That that Bengals offense changes a lot if you have a guy who can lock up Chase. So
2: hopefully that guy can be Stokes. But yeah, did did and I'm trying to think back. Did Stokes and, and Georgia play LSU two years ago when um you know when you had the Chase and Jefferson and Burrow offense? I'd be curious to see if there were any um, any reps where where he was matched up on Chase to see if um you know to look back at that see uh, see if he had any success there. Because yeah, he's been a problem. He has not been dropping the ball, um, like he was in the preseason, um, and yeah, I I I'm a little, I, I'm also concerned. I I would you know if we're talking just vibe check coming into next week, I'm at like a, I'm at a I'm a very hesitant like five because of that secondary and and because of Jair not being there that that worries me quite a bit.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll cut up that game because uh, they did play in the SEC championship game. That's that right. Year. So maybe yeah. I can get the film of that and cut it up for people who we'll have some fun with it this week. Um, Ty Summers, like we said, wasn't as much of a liability uh, as you would think. You know, Najee Harris, he just eats carries, man. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really care what the stats are. I know, I know what I saw with my eyes. It took <laughs> three dudes to take him down every time. I, I know that offensive line isn't the best, but I mean, you need a second and third linebacker getting their hands on that guy to bring him down. He just runs through guys, but he never really broke that massive one. Right. So yep. I guess that's always a good sign with tight ty- when Summers is out there, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now. His longest carry was eleven yards. And so if you can hold a guy a guy like that with that much um, you know, who's who's both elusive and has that ability to to break tackles to And
1: he doesn't come you know. off the field, which sucks the most too.
2: Yeah. Cause that yeah, that's I mean, the
1: toughest thing. You can't even game plan where it's like that second back comes in and you're like oh, okay, our run stoppers can get a breather because they're obviously going to pass with this guy in the game. No, it's just Najee out there every single play. It's like, it's almost like going against Derrick Henry, right? It's like that yeah. same type of dynamic where it's just like, he's he's dotting the backfield, right? And he's just going to be there, and he's just going to keep eating carries, and it just hurts every single time that you tackle him, and he's going to yeah. fall forward.
2: And, and he's he's always such a, you know, he's such a good dump-off option for Roethlisberger, who God knows, again, I mean, that's, that's half of his game at this point. Yeah. Fourth um, and so four go gonna, to guy. Yeah. But I mean, he's gonna, he's going to probably have geez, 60, 70 catches this year. Um, just because of that, if not more um, get, getting, you know, six or seven receptions out of the backfield, a game I think is going to be steady for him. So yeah, I, th- if, I think you need a, a fantasy chance. football target. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the guy to go after. I think this year.
1: Yeah. I think there's a chance, you know, the way that the, This rookie class has kind of shaken out in the position that these quarterbacks are in right now. I think there's a chance the Packers are probably getting, you know, the guys who are going to finish first and second rookie of the year these next two weeks, right? Or this week and next week between Najee Harris and Chase. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are ahead at their position. And you can't find me a quarterback who looks good right now other than (laughs) like just Justin Fields uh, looking pretty solid today. We'll see. We'll see how that goes, you know, down the line or. Well, we did keep have saying to, Andy Dalton's the guy,
2: so. <laughs> we did have to watch some of Zach Wilson in uh, <laughs> in we overtime. Did. Not that it looked very good, but thanks. Yeah.
1: Oh, she just keeps patting the ball. Just keeps on <laughs> holding it. I don't get it. Um so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be on with you. Uh I'm gonna say like five, six out of ten, somewhere around there. Um mm. just injuries man just injuries just keep happening on this defensive side and we're seeing a little bit of inconsistency they're getting out of these games but again i I don't think that this was this isn't the measuring stick for the packers right now this is who they should be kind of focused on um special teams mason crosby almost had that ball blocked uh probably probably did have that ball blocked frankly and then it ended up getting called back um that was it was weird because the first like 20 times they showed the replay, they showed it from an angle that you can't tell if they were offsides or not. Right. But once they did, I think it was just a good jump on the ball. And Matt LaFleur, even after the game, was like, I don't know if our like long snappers tipping off when the snaps come in or what, but we're going to review it this week because we can't keep having that happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, it. it they almost got it. Uh, San Francisco almost got the game winner last week. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been an issue and that's, that's big Bob's side. And I don't know what the heck he was doing. Uh, if he was just slow to react to to Fitzpatrick and Hayden coming off that, that edge. Um, but there were two of those calls where there was one on Preston on the first drive too, where it looked to me like he got a great, you know, he timed up the snap just perfectly and was, you know, was coming full speed at the snap, but hadn't crossed over the neutral zone yet. Um, and I think you kind of got that with, with both of those two calls that, that in the field goal. So, you know, that would have, that definitely would have changed the complexion of the game. Um, I mean, that, that penalty is a 10 point swing. So that, you know, being right at the end of the first half, the Packers were getting the ball back to start the second half anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's deeply concerning, uh, that it continues to be an issue, uh, week after week. But other than that, I mean, Hey, Corey Bohorquez, dude, that guy has an absolute atomic bomb for a leg. How about that, that 57 yarder out of the back of the end zone?
1: Yeah. And that was on a short stroke too. Like he yeah. he wasn't 14 yards back or 12 yards back, wherever they have it in the NFL um, to, to punt that. And he kind of talked about it cause he had player availability uh, this week. You know, he's like, yeah, I want to boom some of these punts. And I've always been a big leg punter, but the problem is, You know, in the NFL, especially with how the coverages are set up, like you actually want more like angled directional punts than just like punt it as hard as you can downfield. We got to look at what punt it as far as you can downfield looked like (laughs) there. And he was doing it with, again, a short stroke, a short setup um, for it with the with the uh, rush team coming right into his face. And he stepped up to it and flipped the field, frankly. Um, Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, unironically vote him to the Pro Bowl. Like he is that good as a punter.
2: Well, and that one, I think that was a fair catch too. That it it was between the hang time and and the distance. I mean, the the Gunners got down there and forced a fair catch on that, so that was awesome. Uh, he pinned one inside the five, which was also great. I can't remember the last time I remember J.K. Scott actually pinning a punt inside like the five or ten yard line. Uh, so yeah, good good day for for Boho today. Um, Kylan, I
1: don't I don't even really think the returners did that much. I know. Amari had one fair catch, and I, I was worried when yep. he fair caught it because I was like, please <laughs> please catch it, please catch it, please catch it. And then Kylan returned one that didn't even get back to the 25, which wasn't great. So I don't think the return team did too well. Um, kick return's been pretty good this season, so I'll probably let that one slide. I, I think in general, special teams, just because of the the field goal unit yep. makes me a little worried. So I'm going to go with like a 5-6 here too.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 thinking six is where I'm at, too. Um, It's just been it's it's so weird to have a punter that you're you actually feel like can flip a field on a consistent basis. So I'm still it's still still tough to shake the uh, the happiness that I'm feeling from that. And um, but yeah, as long as I can get those protection issues cleaned up, the special teams unit should be mostly fine. Um, And that's really. You know, that would be a step up from from the Packers special teams the last several years. Yeah, I'll, I'll take
1: it. I'll yep. take it. Um, team Vibes going into next week. I'm going to go with a seven. I, I just yep. still think, you know, this is a if it's not a contender, it's a borderline contender right now. There's obviously some questions they need to answer. They're going to get healthier down the line. Um, I mean, geez, that that is a Darius Smith news was just still not yeah. good. I mean, we went from thinking hopefully he's only on, you know, IR for 3 weeks and he comes back to maybe he's done playing for the Packers. I mean, it sounds like there's a real possibility that he he might not come back this year, and if he doesn't come back this year, his cap hit is so inflated because the team converted his salary into a bonus that he's probably gone next year. So, I don't know what we do with that, but we're definitely going to need to do something up front to generate more pressure whether it's players stepping up, or making a trade, or doing something in free agency. I don't even know who's out there yet. Um, but as we get closer to the deadline, I'm sure uh, people are going to get a little restless and start coming up with names of guys on like one in five teams that that should be traded for.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm at about a six, and uh, the 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 concern for me in, in the immediate, the short term, is is all around Jair. Um, if he can get back, and even if he can play with a sling uh, in a couple weeks, that's that's going to be huge for the depth of this secondary. But until we know a little more about where he's at and, and what his long term prognosis looks like, um, I've just got I'm very hesitant, and I'm I'm very worried because that's that's your shutdown guy, and you can't afford to to lose your your top pass rusher and your your top corner uh, cover corner both for significant periods of time. So, um, you know, I don't know what we're going to see out of Cincinnati next week. Another three and one, but I mean, they've beaten up on some bad teams. They looked um, awful in that first half against Jacksonville. I mean, they yeah. looked like they were barely an NFL team. So yeah.
1: I would kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. The other thing too, is the the other team that they beat going into that week, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. again, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not the bar to measure yourself against. So I, I think, you know, Cincinnati. Um I mean what also, do we assume? Also that not that a great
2: measuring be? stick, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean they're gonna be favored by it's probably like a touchdown or something like that. Yeah,
2: so. it's it's in Cincinnati, so give them the the home field bump, but so it'll be yeah, like five seven. and a half or something like that. Yeah, six six, seven points for Green Bay still sounds about right to me. Yeah. Um all right. Anything you want to plug last second? No. Awesome. <laughs> not today. I don't know. It's okay. uh I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be off uh, watching some Brewers baseball next week, so I get tickets for games one and two of the the NLDS on Friday, Saturday. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about that, but uh, that's my that's my next week here. So that'll be exciting. Heck yeah! All right, keep it tuned in
1: to uh, Acme Packing Company. Um, stick to the feed, rate, review all that. It helps the algorithms uh, get these uh, higher ups off of my back. Uh, take care, guys.